Hey, it's Whitney and Sugi here. Uh, we'll be back in a few days with a shiny new episode of the Fiction Nonfiction Podcast, but we wanted to pop into your feeds today to share a treat. It's a preview of a new podcast that we are really enjoying and think all of you literature lovers out there will as well. So you're probably used to seeing Shakespeare in your high school English lit class or on the big stage, but did you know Shakespeare turns up in so many other places? On the new podcast, Where There's a Will, Finding Shakespeare, Barry Edelstein, artistic director at one of the country's leading Shakespeare theaters and co-host, writer and director, M. Weinstein, ask what it is about Shakespeare that's given him such a continuous afterlife in all sorts of unexpected ways. On the show, you'll hear Shakespeare doing rehabilitative work in a maximum security prison, helping autistic kids to communicate in the mouths of U.S. presidents and even at the center of a deadly riot in New York City. You know we're all about looking at what's going on in current events and culture through the lens of literature, so we think you'll really like the show. Okay, let's get into the preview. Barry takes us into California's Sentinella State Prison for a one-of-a-kind production of Shakespeare's English history plays performed by incarcerated individuals. Barry asks, what makes Shakespeare a force of transformation and transcendence behind bars? We hope you enjoy the clip as much as we did. You can hear the full episode and more from Where There's a Will, Finding Shakespeare, wherever you get your podcasts. What is honor? A word. What is in that word, honor? Air. Who has it? He that died on Wednesday, does he feel it? No. Those does are lines from Shakespeare's play, Henry IV, Part no. One. It's Sir John Falstaff speaking, the scoundrel who's as outrageous as he is oversized. He's on the battlefield, honor-bound to fight for king and country, but he'd love to get out of it. So he gives the whole idea of honor a cross-examination and decides it's not for him. Therefore, I'll none of it. I'm Barry Edelstein, artistic director of the Old Globe in San Diego, one of our country's great Shakespeare theaters. And this is Where There's a Will, Finding Shakespeare, from the Globe and Pushkin Industries. of all those, where those collars are them. In power, I will see thee by by. In power? If thou embow me today, I give you leave to powder me and eat me too tomorrow. <laughs> the man playing Falstaff is named Omar, and he's not a professional actor. He's incarcerated at Sentinella State Prison in the Southern California desert. He and a dozen other men are part of a program called Reflecting Shakespeare, run by the Old Globe. Over the course of about 18 weeks, they study Shakespeare, rehearse scenes from his plays, delve into their themes, and then prepare a performance to share with others in the prison. And as this work continues, Shakespeare goes from being a famous author they may not know much about to something else entirely. A friend, a lifeline, a mentor, a spiritual guide. Sounds! <laughs> I'm afraid of this gunpowder Percy, though he be dead. How if he should counterfeit two in rides? By my faith, I proved he would be the better counterfeit. I've been working on Shakespeare for decades as a stage director, a producer, a teacher. I'm used to finding him in the theater and the library and the classroom. But Shakespeare has this tricky habit of showing up in all sorts of other places, too. Places where his writing, so powerful and beautiful, 
somehow touches people even more profoundly than it does on the stage. Places like a maximum security prison in the middle of a remote southwestern desert. But here's the question. What on earth is Shakespeare doing here? And what is it about him and his writing that makes it mean so much in a place like this? What? Lord, Lord, how this world is given to lying! The Old Globe is hardly the first theater company to bring Shakespeare to incarcerated populations. There have been prison Shakespeare programs for decades now, all over the world. So many that there's even a regular International Shakespeare in Prisons conference. I spoke at it in 2018, and I met practitioners from the UK, New Zealand, the Czech Republic, India, all of them doing the kind of work happening in San Diego. I went to Sentinella last summer for the culmination of our Reflecting Shakespeare program. There's a balcony behind us, and there's an armed guard patrolling up there. And in the front row are some of the men who are incarcerated here on Yard A. And they're wearing their blues from the California Department of Correction and Rehabilitation. I got to see Omar and the others present their final performance in the prison gym. And that sound in the background, that's the actors getting ready, doing a little exercise where they sort of trade energy around the circle. And it forms a, an ensemble, it forms a company out of these individual guys. After the warm-ups, I got a chance to speak with Omar, the man who's playing Falstaff. He's charismatic and enthusiastic, and according to his teachers, he's a natural leader and he takes Shakespeare seriously. I talk about Shakespeare to my wife. Right. Talk to Shakespeare, this and that, yeah. You know, and they're surprised. What do they think? They think, what do you, what, what do you mean? It's, my wife is like, why do you keep going? Right, because the thing I'm taking, Shakespeare's taking time away from her, right? So she said, why do you keep going? I said, because it's an opportunity for me to show my emotion. I've been down 26, 27 years. I get up and smile every day, even though I'm in prison, because I get to come to programs that are unique like this. And it takes me outside of prison. It does. This isn't the first time you've been in touch with Shakespeare, right? You've had some past experience with it? No, only in here. Only in prison. Probably would have never even checked into Shakespeare but for reflecting Shakespeare. It comes so naturally to you. It's fantastic. <sighs> we got great teachers, and they give you the license to just experiment, try, open up. You yeah. know, don't be afraid to raise your voice and make your thoughts known. Erica Phillips is one of those teachers. The program is a theater-based program that uses Shakespeare as a launch point for creative and reflective writing. And it's a process that is intended to build connectedness, decrease social isolation, build some confidence skills, and also build a community of artists. Erica's the Old Globe's Arts Engagement Program's manager, and she developed Reflecting Shakespeare with program associate James Pilar. Yeah, it's a program about offering the opportunity to step out of your comfort zone, whatever that might be, I think. Erica and James work at a number of correctional facilities in the San Diego area, including Sentinella. When you're incarcerated in Sentinella, very typically you've committed 
a violent crime. It's very possible that you've committed murder. It's also possible that you've been involved with some sort of drugs crime. And there are many people incarcerated because of the three strikes law. At Sentinella, Erica and James have been working with the men on a piece they call Becoming King. Today, what you're going to see is actually an in-house mashup of three plays. We're looking at Henry IV, Part One, Henry IV, Part Two, and Henry V in order to follow the story of a young prince who was in line to become the next king. There's a lot of questions about whether he had it in him to do so. So we're going to watch his growth. All right, let's clap after three. One, two, three. Yeah, there it makes me sad, it makes me sick and envy that my lord, Numberland, should be the father of a blessed son. While I'm looking at the praise of him, see the ride this honor stain brown on my young Harry. Preparing for a final performance like this one begins early, with the very basics. The group meets once a week. The work starts with theater games. And then Erica, James, and the other teaching artists start to introduce Shakespeare's text a line at a time. And we're saying, like, if you don't know the word, our approach is going to be uh, just, like, go for it loud and proud. You know, we're, we're going to break it down later. And this is just a chance there's to a, go for yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of everyone getting just to speak that language out loud and getting used to hearing your own voice doing it, setting up a space or the opportunity where, where you might be able to go, oh, I know what this is. And I understand what this is, right? And I can say it as somebody else. And then the next thing is we all stand up in the circle and your next step is to say that line to the person across the circle. So now we're connecting to someone further away, which of course lends into stage technique. And you might be saying that line to someone you never speak to out on the yard for a whole ton of reasons. You may not know them. You may be because of some of the politics in, in that place. You can't talk to that person. So that's where we start. That might be day one. When this opportunity came, I was like, well, sure, why not? Why not try it? Because I'm not used to speaking in front of crowds. That's John Quill. He's in Reflecting Shakespeare for the first time. Yeah, I would describe John Quill as a, he's about six feet tall. He's got long dreads that, that usually ties back. He's smiling a lot, actually. So he's got really sparkly eyes and he's got a kind of bouncy, effervescent energy. He just feels like he's going to lift off. So I was like, well, what I want to learn is to get out of my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Even if it was to the fact that they said we have to do it for the whole yard. OK, I want to be comfortable speaking in front of that many people. As the weeks go by, this strange and complex language from 400 years ago starts to sound less alien. Soon, the men in the program relate to it in the same way that professional actors do. His, how can I say, his, his weird way with words, that's unique because I like to figure out other ways of speaking and things like that, and Shakespeare brings that out. And you can see the emotion in the, in the words. It may not be a sidebar that says, oh, well, at this time you should cry, but the way that things are set up, you can tell, okay, I have to put emotion into this part. Oh, I don't put motion into this part, so that was a beautiful thing. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. God save my grace, King Hal, my royal Hal. God save thee, my sweet boy, my king, my Joe. I say to you, my heart, I know thee not, O man. Fall to thee prayers.
That was a preview of Where There's a Will, Finding Shakespeare, a new podcast from Pushkin Industries. Hear more from Where There's a Will wherever you get podcasts.